0: Lot Talk Radio. And breathe in and breathe out. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are in the world. This is Helena Steiner-Hornstein. Yet again, hello, 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 everyone. And thank you for tuning in with me today. I'm really so happy to see on my map, I look at the, you know, for blog talk radio, we have a radio, we have a map, and I can see where I have my listeners. And it's really so exciting to see what new countries are popping up, and maybe they disappear again. And suddenly I have a lot of listeners in a new country I have never even visited before, but hopefully my books are selling that. And that's why you're coming to see me. So, um, otherwise, I sit here and, you know, I have a beautiful view. I have my technical equipment, meaning my computer screen in front of me. And I have this big, big blue, summery, Florida sky. No clouds in sight. Can you believe that? Completely clear blue. And I have on each side of the window, like, well, it's just so it happens. I have those big lush trees with, you know, with the beard, as you say, with hanging marshes. And I have a weakness for that. I really love it. And some palm trees and then have water in the middle. Beautiful. Do you wish for more? Well, maybe where you are is just as pretty because it's summer, 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 except for you on the other side of the equator, south. Africa and Australia and New Zealand and Malaysia, but we also Latin America. Of course, thank you for being there, all of you. Keep in touch with me, because I like it when you say, well, I like your show, and I like what you said about this and that. And, you know, can you write, or can you tell me more about this and that? So if you know, feel that I have stepped over the border. Sometimes you feel that i said too much and wasn't right for you. Well, that's too bad. Maybe someone else feels that they wanted to listen to that. And if you write me an email and ask me questions about something in your life, your health or your family and so on, some of you actually say, this is a good subject for your show. But don't expect that I should sit and type down, you know, a detailed answer to you on my private email. It takes too long. I would love to do it. But, you know, I'm tired. (laughs) I have many things to do. And um, time is going faster and faster. Have you noticed? I know it's not only me. Because everyone is saying, my God. Or in June, but it was Easter, like April, like two weeks ago. How come? This doesn't work. Evidently, this is what's happening right now. And many of you right now are probably booking your summer vacation tickets. Or if you're up on the other side of the planet, you may be booking your skiing trip at, trips. Trips. <laughs> Trippets, there was a mix of ticket and trip. That's a really good word. You are now booking your (laughs) trippet. So um, you're booking your trip with a ticket to exciting places. I'm doing that myself. I'm now kind of looking around for a return, for a round trip to Europe. And unfortunately, because of the pandemic, they're not having my usual routes anymore. They're direct flights from Florida directly to Stockholm. You have to hip hop a little bit everywhere before you get there. It takes time. It's tiring. Oh. But, you know, how do you do? You cannot fly on your own. You certainly don't want to take a boat. So there we go. So, uh, and as I was doing so, I was kind of thinking back a little bit other times when I was flying across. And for some reason, yesterday, I was starting to think about 9-11. I don't know why it came to mind. And I remember when I was going to fly that time, and I was kind of booking my flight on the Tuesday before, 9-11, which must have been like August or September 2nd or something like this. And that happened to be on a Tuesday. And I kind of felt bad about this Tuesday. But then it hit me, oh, but this Tuesday's okay. This Tuesday I could fly because my mother once told me, and she was so superstitious about everything, And she said, oh, you must not travel on a Tuesday. If you're going to run into trouble, it will happen on a Tuesday. (laughs) (laughs) But then I know those who travel on Tuesdays because they're better prices, etc., etc., Tuesdays. And I have traveled on Tuesdays, and I traveled on February the 13th also. That's fine. So anyway, now I was thinking about that time when I was going to Sweden. And this was in 2001, and that was one week before. Now, yeah, one week before 9/11. I had had so many things to do on this side of the Atlantic, so I couldn't leave America until that time. And now I was ready, and I flew out to Miami, London, because I was going to make a stop in London. And I remember that particular time because. The feeling around the plane was so good. It felt so, I don't know, it was loving. It was British Airways. I don't know if that is more loving or what. But anyway, I had my seat on the upper deck, and this was a jumbo jet. And there on upper deck, you know, it was nice and cool and everything else. But just, you know, seats. But the cool thing about this was it was just behind it cockpit. And this was was before 9-11, as I said. And they didn't have a door really. They just had a curtain. And once we are going over the Atlantic, and eventually it was getting dark and so beautiful, we're getting into, you know, star-filled sky and everything else. And the pilots kind of opened those drapes. I suppose they wanted to show themselves to the home audience, which was, you know, the whole upper deck. And I sat up in the front, and here I looked right into the pilot cockpit. And they were having such a cozy time. They were drinking tea, I suppose, with tea. And they were chitting and chatting and laughing and everything else, and everything was on autopilot. And it felt really... So nice. And again I had that feeling of togetherness and closeness because of the stars outside. And I was on the top deck on the plane, maybe that instant something. And I saw those happy pilots. And that was one week before nine eleven when the world of flying changed. Maybe that is why I remember that moment so much, because That moment would never happen again, that you sit there on the front row and look right into the cockpit and see the pilots in their private conversations and you see everything and all the lights on the board in front of them. This was such a moment for me to remember And at that moment, it was just, I don't know why it imprinted so much. And they came out and mingled with the people at times, also, which was so nice. So this was a different world then. And now those doors are so locked. Even if the pilot goes out to the bathroom outside of the cockpit, he has a locked door to get back. And that's... We had an accident that way a few years ago in Europe, how he couldn't get back into the cockpit. And the other pilot in front of me, you know, who was there went on some kind of suicide, murder mission, and just, they, you know, flew right into the Alp Mountains. So there we go. I was thinking about all those things also. But then... I'm thinking about this is such a beautiful, beautiful world. This planet is such a beautiful world. Have you had that moment sometimes when you sit and just look around you in awe and say, my God, this is beautiful. Like now, right now looking at through the window and I look at the greenery and all those different shades of green, how they all are different and all the long, long needles in the pine tree and those beautiful mosses hanging from, from the oak trees. It's such a beautiful world and what are we doing with it? We are giving this world to the wrong leadership. And we do it again and again and again. And you probably say, well, it's nothing I can do about it. But you can. All of us can do something about it. Because there's so many unknown little things about us, about you, about everyone out there. We can make changes. Does it mean we're going to go out and preach or you're going to have a podcast? Yeah, you can have a podcast. Anyone can have a podcast. Do you know that? It just needs, you know, a little bit of doing. And many wondered, oh, how do you know what to say? Well, because I know a lot. (laughs) I've been around a lot. I've had many years to find out. But also, all those years were so active and so full of experiences. And eventually, you kind of add two and two, and not only make it four, you make it to 22. You know, this is what I'm saying. There are so many interesting parts about you, about each one of us. And that means that you have to be aware. Awareness is everything. You cannot be aware if you live in the same place and do the same thing all over because you, you get curious in the end. You want to see more. You want to speak to different kinds of people. It makes such a difference to talk to someone who has lived close in and the same environment, you know, the same workplace all the time. Maybe when you are not working, you're traveling. And that is the right way to do that. Do you know Swedish people? And I know I have so many wonderful Swedes. Well, all Swedes, of course, uh, uh, are wonderful, (laughs) like we all are. But so many... People in Sweden and Finland or Norway, I mean the Scandinavian countries, are listening to me. And you travel a lot, particularly Swedes. You are the most traveling people in the world. It's an amazing breed of people. It doesn't matter where I go. If I go to the supermarket here in town, I will hear someone speaking Swedish. It's just the way it is. Or if I go to, at the top of the Alps, I will meet someone Swedish. Or I go to Tibet, oh yes, within the tent, tent, there will suddenly be a Swede. So they have that in them. So wherever they are in Sweden, they travel. (laughs) It's just a remarkable thing. In the south, in the north, although you people in the north seem to be a little more silent and a and little bit more quiet than in the south. But you're moving. I have had coming to my classes, you know, outside of Sweden, like in Spain. I used to give a lot of workshops. But I had Swedes coming all the way from Lapland or your Norwegian, from the very, very tip on the you know, up there, close to the North Pole, you were coming to see me. And from Finland, you came from the deep woods, so you finished like Nagma. I think this is so remarkable, how people from a particular place on the map can be so full of curiosity of the whole world. I don't see that living in the south as much. And look here in America, the people in the southern states, they don't move around as much as the people in the northern states, which is kind of interesting. So the climate kind of, if you are maybe in the northern climate, you like to, to move around more, to go to a different climate, to seek the light. Which was the reason why I kind of left swim because it was just too dark for me. It was too cold for me, too icy. And now I like to visit, but before the ice hits, before that darkness, because then people change. So if you want if you live up in the dark section of of the planet, go to the When you can, to begin to balance yourself, because this is how you educate your whole mind. In the old days, we only knew, you know, that doctors were only for the physical outside. Until Sigmund Freud came, and he said, "Oh no, we have an inside as well." And that's not only the physical inside, but you have a mind. And your mind is deciding how you're going to feel about you. And that is how, you know, how you, you get rid of fears and limitations and how you open up feelings through your mind. And that is in your mind, you have something called common sense. How often did you dare use your common sense? well, common sense is something I know my mother used to talk a lot about common sense to her husband, meaning my father <laughs> that was the the kind of disagreement I had about he had no he was a very learned man and very able in so many ways, but he was didn't have that common practical sense that if you put you know, as something on the burner, it gets hot all the way to the handle, unless it's in wood. You know, wood handle. But things like this. So, uh, common sense is something you have to start to use because that is probably the best sense you have. And we have those five, six senses, like we all know the. The feeling, you know, how you see and hear and taste and all those things. But then we have that common sense, which is not even a, you know, it's a combination of all senses, I would say, including the sixth sense. And the sixth sense is how you go into the more, but you cannot test very much. It's just something that goes beyond those six, those five senses. So, to be special about you, you have to start to improve that common sense, which is the practical side of you, which means you have to get your fingers dirty at times, not to be afraid of digging in the ground so or planting a flower. Now, you have to think about the flower. If you plant the flower where it doesn't look like a happy place to live for anyone. Should you plant a flower there? Well, maybe in a big, big group it could handle it. But one single flower cannot handle in an unfriendly place. And that's the same with us. You know, it's very remarkable about us. We are part of nature. If we understood that we are not special beings set apart from nature. If we start to understand that we live in a togetherness with nature, and you look at nature a little bit more, you will understand how things grow. I had, uh, and this was uh, in another place where I lived, there was a man who was going to plant a tree And I said, that tree is not going to to be able to grow there. He said, oh yes, you know, the soil is excellent. I tested it and I'm going to fertilize it with more soil. And I said, no. Don't you see you have all these cars on both sides and you give it just a little, little spot there. And this particular tree, whatever that was, but I had a feeling for that tree, doesn't like it like to be, It likes to be respected. Oh yes, what's a cypress? You don't put the cypress in a stupid corner where they cannot be respected. The cypress has to be respected. So you have to put it in the proper place of view. And then, does it matter if the soil is that good anymore? We are that way also, some of us, that If you look at nature, how we are in a way like trees, since all that we are. You can compare your body with a tree. You have the crown, meaning your head, and then you have the branches, which is your arms, and then you have the trunk, which is your body and legs. But the legs now... For the tree goes into the ground, into the roots. And that is the most important part of the tree. The crown and the root. And the roots are actually the place that will develop the beginning to, you know, of the tree. That's the same with you. Where you are planting yourself. That is the beginning of your roots where you put, where you settle your roots. And now you will start to grow and grow and grow. And you can stretch out your arms towards the light up there. Because we all are looking for the light. We are not growing in darkness. Only real darkness likes the darkness. And those creatures that like the darkness. They are not of the light, and they have dark feelings, and they have dark plans, and everything is dark about them. So we are most remarkable. There's so many hidden things about us. If you start to see how nature functions, you will see how you function as well. And you compare yourself with a flower or a tree and see how they like to have it. We have choices, you know. But it's more difficult and it's not that easy to change. You know, if you have put your roots in one place and you're happy that, don't, for heaven's sake, move them unless you really, really want to. And that happens sometimes with women who kind of have to move from one place to the other. They live with their family and in that city and now they need someone else and that uh, he wants to have his family, or you can have uh, a good wife, and you go with him to a different city where it suits him. But it might not suit you very well. And then you have to compensate one way or the other so you can be happy there too. So sometimes that can be very, very hard if you're planted in a completely different place. So now you have to find community. And remember now when I talk about one flower cannot handle it in bad soil, but maybe many together as a group will handle it, because you get that support from each other. And that's what we are. We are actually, well, we're individual beings, but we are actually group individuals. We need the group, and I noticed that, and you have noticed that. We need that togetherness of groups around us during the pandemic Well, we had this pandemic that um, in just about all countries in the world they closed their countries except for Sweden (laughs) great Sweden I think you're great (laughs) for doing that because you did so much damage to people they couldn't see other people did damage to their minds, to their brains, to their initiative, to their creativity, to everything, even to their health, because they couldn't connect with other people. And what is happening to older people when they have no togetherness with other people? They turn, you know, senile, because they cannot add that energy they have within them and it needs to be exposed. We are part of this planet as being part of the nature. And have you thought about the planet? How much do you know about this Earth? Of course, you can look at the map, but what do you see on the map most of all? 70% I think about what you see on the map. It's ocean, it's water. And what do you know about the water? Well, you see the waves rolling in and you know they bring energy with them. And when the high, when flood is coming in, the high tide is coming in, you might feel more energized. And when the high tide, you know, is low tide, maybe you lose your strength a little bit. But what is under that surface and all those depths of the ocean? What is hiding there? What kind of life do you have there? Maybe you have completely different cultures of something we know nothing about. Because after all, they're not that advanced in this culture of humanity. I truly believe there lived many kinds of so-called humanity particular planet and they have developed their way and they have come to a point that they have maybe destroyed the planet or something happened to the planet and then we started all over again and all over again and each lifetime now you have a chance to start all over again. Do you know that? Yes. You can start all over again, anytime, because this is the rhythm of life. It's an eternity rolling over, back and back and back and back. Yes, when my life is over now, well, I'm actually looking forward to my next life. (laughs) I really do. But even now in this lifetime, we all have, I have, you have, the chance to start all over again. Maybe with a new project. Maybe with a new book. You know, why settle because you come to a certain point where you feel comfortable? No. You know, this world is so open. I sit and I talk and I see this big, big blue sky, completely without clouds, still. Ah, it's nice. A little hot, probably. But otherwise, it's a beautiful world outside. And I want you to keep it beautiful. When I was, well, I would say, at one point in my life, when I started this work, And I didn't start it as a work. I started as a mission. And my mission was to change the world. I still look at it this way. Of course, now I come to certain conclusions that, oh, God, there are too many deranged people out there who are destroying this world. And how many people don't understand that? But anyway, I was out on a mission to change this world. Beginning with one, and one, and one, and one. Did it work? Well, not quite the way I meant it to work. It has worked somehow, and lots of people have kind of picked up on that, and they do the same thing. And once you do that, it only takes one person to change the world. In fact, that's the only way to make a change. Look at Jesus, <laughs> you know, in, in, from my side of the world. Yes, he made a change in the world. How? Through just one by one by one by one. And, of course, you always get enemies somehow when you do that. We all do. Isn't that odd that it bothers someone when you try to do good? And when I started to heal people, there were those who said, oh, that is all the devil. Why? Because I didn't do in the name of Jesus or the name of God. Well, in fact, when you do those things, you do work through the hands of God. But they are through our hands. But some people don't understand that. And that was, you know, what I was told I had to do to be accepted. Well, I didn't do it that way. I never did. and still will not do that because I'm not following a particular religion. I am spiritual, which means I am free. And that is the whole number one truth about you. Be free. You are truly free. What stops you? to believe a certain way. Oh, no, it has to be the way. My mother said so. My father said so. I still meet people who say, oh, this is the way I was brought up. I'm not going to change that for you. Well, you're not changing that for me. It's just, in a way, I'm trying to open your mind to more things. And go on to road of discovery, to discover this world. And then on this road, which is, I say, a road of light. As a road of love and light, because that is what the whole purpose is here on earth. To discover the true meaning of unconditional love. It really is. That's the purpose here. And it's not that I can explain that properly, but it means don't make judgments about others, about you, about the world. And of course we do that. I do that. And I call it observations. (laughs) Yes, I make all those observations. So I cannot be like some holy person, although some people expect that from me sometimes. I use forceful words at times, not in my daily conversations, but when I really, truly mean something. I can say, damn someone, because I really mean that. When someone is doing something, so the point is to wake up in the morning with you with eyes that are seeing eyes even if you are blind and that means you are open minded and you have a consciousness that is open and broad and you are free to move away and we have I teach people come to me a code word that you're supposed to use. And have you forgotten it? You know, If you use that word together with the light, it works. Everyone swears by it. Everyone knows it. This is the way it is. And then you get that power, this power feeling within you of gratitude, of joy. And you feel, I can do it. I can do anything. And you feel you have the whole universe open to you. And that is who you truly, truly are. You are a special being. And I think I mention mention it so much. And that when you meditate and you imagine yourself This big, star-filled sky. You imagine this big, big, star-filled sky around you. And now you take a chalk, or you take a paintbrush with white, or a pen with white ink in it, and now you draw the contours around you, around the head, the shoulders, down your arms and now to your body and the legs and around your feet and up your legs and now up back to the head again. And now you step out to that and you look back and you see the sky with the contours of you. And what do you see also? See those stars within you, and that's exactly who you are. And what are those stars? They are possibilities and talents. I should start to use a new word. Those little stars within you, they're all apps. A-P-P-S. Apps. And we know that word now if you are not completely out of, you know, doing Telephones, (laughs) the new telephones and the computer. But these are apps. And each app within you has a lot of secrets, has a lot of knowledge and inspiration. That is the person that you truly, truly are. And that's the creation. That is how we were created from the beginning with all those acts in us. And when people in the beginning said, God lives within you, that is what it is. Yes, that is what it is. I get so excited about that, that you now know the truth about you and your relationship with God and the universe. Isn't that remarkable? how that comes in the last minute like this. You know, all my lectures, so to speak, are channeled. My sessions are channeled. And we always joke about it, that the truth is given to you right at the end. Maybe so you can remember it better. And there you are. That was for Daddy. And now, let's make a little, little meditation. And you relax and relax. And as you relax, you close your eyes. And you find yourself far, far away. You are surrounded by mountains. And all you notice is that you stand in a ray of light. And what you do, you brush off from yourself. All old shadows and obstacles. Just brush it away from you. And now begin to feel a very, very strong connection. A remarkable connection within you you have all those twinkling stars within you. And now you access one of them. And you begin to develop a dream within you. Of extreme success. For you and for everyone else. I mean for you. A success that's good for everyone. The world, and let us now develop a world of love and light and peace. Yes, you have that ability, and now you keep on standing in the light, and you see through your half-open eyes. You imagine all those sparkling stars up in the sky. And it makes you feel so full of joy, so full of good health. And yes, you know who you are. You are a child of the light. This is what it means to be a human being. We have come to a point on this planet that we must begin to help the world to help each other to help nature and what you have to do is to remember you are part of nature you are like a tree the growing tree of the nature and you decide now to be a big and fruitful creature out in nature and you stretch your arms up towards the sky and you open your arms and receive all the love and light from this open universe. I did and I take this deep breath because I couldn't help it. This is the way it was, how it works. And this is how we truly are. You are full of talent, of ability. And all you now do, you connect with those points within you of togetherness, being together in an energy of love and light. And now we are all together in that point of love and light. As a reality. Not of something fluff, fluff. No. As a reality. We are sending that energy out in the world. And we have all the streams of light going from all continents on this planet. Over to those places in the world. World where they need it. Iran, Ukraine, Russia. Yes, more and more. To America, to Washington, D.C. Yes, to all the cities of the United States, to Central America, to South America, to Africa, to Europe. Loving Europe. Australia. New Zealand, all continents are there. Malaysia, I heard you talk up, yes. Malaysia, South Korea, yes, you're there. Japan, yes, you are there. Make that light a little stronger. I need more of you in Japan. Yes. I don't know who is listening, how many, but I see the percentage wise of the big 100%. And you take a deep breath now. And you begin to come back to the here and now. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Open your eyes. And this is Helena steiner wolstein speaking to you yet again. And hopefully we'll meet again in a few days. Take care of yourself. Send me a note. Call me up. Say hello. Be good. Have a wonderful weekend and week. Bye-bye.